Well, good afternoon. It is 5.07 p.m. and 84 degrees outside right now. We spent the last week uh, before uh, in San Francisco, and if you were following along at all, as John even made mention on Facebook, we, uh, we did a, uh, just a little recap video at the end of each and every day. And, and when you're three hours away from home, you are all the time doing time math, all the time. Every single time you think about the time, you immediately are thinking about what time is it at home, right? You're always doing the math. And it just, it really struck with me. And so when we would do those videos, Usually, as John made mention of, quite late when we'd get back to the Airbnb, it may be 11 or 11.30 and we're doing one of those uh, videos, it would be 2 or 2.30 here in Indianapolis. And it was uh, late most of the time. And so I started kind of giving those time stamps and it just became something you had to keep on doing. So we're going to talk more about our trip to San Francisco here in just a moment. But before we do that, I want us to spend a little bit of time talking about the important tool, the powerful tool that God has provided us with that we can engage and use to the benefit of each other. Now, we've already used it today multiple times. Whether you know it yet or not, it is a tool that God has provided us with, a powerful tool that we've used already. And we're going to talk about, really, tonight, more a specific use of that tool. And that tool that I want us to spend some time thinking about is prayer. God has provided us an incredible tool, certainly for us individually, as we have the ability to approach God to the very throne of God and to be able to talk to him and to talk to him about our own needs, our own strengths and weaknesses, our own desires, the things that we have going on. We need to be talking to God about those things. But yet biblically, there are so many examples that are given to us of this powerful tool tapping into the very creator of the universe, praying on behalf of someone else. We've done that multiple times today. And I want us to spend some time talking about the importance of doing that for the brethren, specifically those who preach the gospel. We study through the life of the Apostle Paul, and you study through his epistles, and we think about the work that he was engaged in doing, preaching the gospel from city to city to city to city, traveling all over the place, expanding his network of brethren. A lot of people he met, a lot of people he knew, a lot of people he corresponded with on a regular basis. And a lot of those letters or epistles we have that God has provided us with in his word. And as we work our way through a lot of that, what oftentimes will happen is Paul will make mention of the prayers that he has received on his behalf. The incredible benefit of that. I want to direct your attention to a few of those tonight. For instance, you have this passage in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 15 and verse 30, towards the very end of that book, as he's closing that letter down, he shares this with them. He says, I beg you, brethren, 
through the Lord Jesus Christ or through the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God, listen, for me. You see, Paul is writing to those brethren, a brethren that he has not visited as he writes about through that letter, and he is asking, requesting that the prayers are important, and if you can pray for me, that would be much appreciated. He would continue to do that. Another example, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 11, the very beginning of that letter, he says this, you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf or the gift granted to us through many. And so a very similar phrasing that's used. He's thanking those brethren in Corinth. Thank you for your prayers for us, for our work, for our uh, safety, for the gospel. Thank you for that. Again, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. Earlier this year, the beginning of the year, we spent a lot of time in this passage, and we talked about prayer, but sometimes we're so wrapped up in the armor of God that we miss verse 19, and the specific reason in a lot of ways why Paul makes mention of prayers. Listen to what he says, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 18. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And then he goes on to say, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Did you take notice of what he does? He talks to them about the importance of prayer and the power that it has. And then he says, I appreciate your prayers for me as I preach the gospel, that I can do so boldly. He's asking for those prayers, and we see those brethren praying for Paul. He does it again, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19, the very beginning of that epistle. For I know that this will turn out for my salvation through prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, listen to what he says. Makes a point about prayer, and then he uses it in a very specific way. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. And so again, pray continually, pray earnestly, pray with vigilance, pray for us that we have opportunity to open up God's word to those around us. And then finally, for this little exercise, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he, he really gets to the point of the matter. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 25, he says, Brethren, pray for us. That's the whole verse. Brethren, pray for us. You see, the Apostle Paul understood the need for the prayers of the brethren. He understood the importance of that. He understood the power behind that. And we need to understand that. What an incredible opportunity we have to pray for one another, for sure. To pray for the work here in this place. John and I welcome and ask for your prayers on our behalf as we preach the gospel here. And for us tonight, as we're kind of making this specific application, 
our responsibility to be praying for the brethren, even working in other places. Well, certainly the ones that we have a relationship with, as we have a relationship with those brethren out in San Francisco, specifically Josh and Calvin, who are preaching the gospel out there. We have a responsibility to be praying for those men. So the question sometimes is, what what should we be praying about? I'm going to give you two things to pray about. Again, we're going to have Paul help us out. The passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, you can open up your Bibles there. We're going to spend the rest of our time in this text. We ask ourselves, well, what should we be praying about? Is there things specifically? Sure, there are specific things that we can be praying about. Paul gives us a couple of them here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 when he talks about prayers for himself. So look at what he says. Verse 1, he says, finally, brethren, pray for us. Sounds familiar. We've seen that phrase already a couple of times. Brethren, pray for us. And here's what it says. Here's what you should be praying about. That the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified just as it is with you. So two things that he says. Did you take notice of that? Paul says, listen, brethren, finally be praying for us. And here's what you could be praying about. I want you to be praying, number one, that the word of the Lord may have free course. So Paul's desire, his desire is that God's word would continue to spread without hindrance, that it would have free course. He's requesting that, that he's requesting that the brethren pray specifically that God's word would advance wherever he was. You see, each and every one of us, we we all, not not just evangelists like Paul, we all have a responsibility to spread the gospel, to carry the word into the sphere of the world that we live in. We need to be praying for each other in that endeavor. Because there's challenges when that happens. You see, here, you pray that the word of the Lord may have free course. For us, when we're thinking about our brethren out in San Francisco, I can't think of a more appropriate prayer to pray than that. You pray that those men who are proclaiming the gospel, that it can have free reign out there, not be hindered in any way, that it can spread without any hindrances. But yet in this verse, he goes on to say, that it may have free course and be glorified. I love that qualifier in a lot of ways. You see, Paul asked that the brethren pray that God's word would be glorified. I think he's pointing to the fact that pray that God's word would have positive responses to it. And that way, God and his word would be glorified, that there would be open doors, that there would be opportunities, that there would be positive responses, that there would be soft hearts. Again, hugely appropriate things to be praying for. Here in Indianapolis and the endeavor of spreading the gospel that we have, but also the work out in San Francisco. That as Josh and Calvin are spreading the gospel out there, that God's word not be hindered, that they can find soft hearts so that there can be positive responses to it. And so 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1, what should we be praying for? You pray that the, the word of the Lord has free course and be glorified. Secondly, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 2, 
and, he says, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. You see, Paul is requesting that prayers would provide protection against the enemies of Christ, those who would stand against God's will. Now, I'm not saying that Paul, because he asked for these prayers, doesn't have courage, or he isn't brave, or he's not willing to be persecuted for Christ. I, I don't think that's the point at all. We see him showcasing all of those things throughout his life. He was incredibly courageous, and he was incredibly confident in God and his word, and he was incredibly bold in the way that he preached. And he was persecuted over and over and over for his efforts and endeavors. But don't you think he would have preferred not to be beaten? Or preferred not to have been stoned? Or preferred not to be thrown into prison and thrown into prison and thrown into prison? He says, brethren, pray that that we can be delivered, that we can be protected, that we can be successful in the work that God has called us to do. Another appropriate thing to be praying. We have a responsibility to pray for our brethren as they faithfully proclaim the gospel wherever they may be. Various hindrances or difficulties or troubles that may arise, we can pray that they be delivered from those so that the gospel can be free and run free. He said it's a really interesting verse. All through the epistles, Paul constantly, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. And here we have some examples. So I want to talk just for a few minutes about the work specifically itself out there in the week that we had. When we are done, really appropriately, John is going to lead us in prayer for the brethren out there, for Josh and Calvin and for the work that's being done out in San Francisco. Well, maybe a lot of you know, certainly a lot of you know, we spent last week, for the most part, out in San Francisco. We traveled, John and I, Tuesday to Tuesday. Uh, Kim and Ashley joined us on Friday. They came out Friday afternoon, and they flew back with us on Tuesday. I want to break our trip up. We're not going to go chronologically, really, in in any way. You can go back and watch those those videos on on Facebook. They're in the Traders Point uh, Church of Christ members section. If you're a member here and you're not uh, connected with that, just uh, ask to be followed, and you'll be able be able to jump into that group. All of the videos are still up, and you can watch those. Give us kind of a more detailed day by day outlook about what went on. But I do want to. Bre- I'll break it up into a couple of things. I think it'll be important for the work there for all of us to know how it's going out there and uh, and that things are going well. And most certainly, I think that they are. I'm going to start with the very end. And I, it's one of those things, how, how, where do you go and how do you tell the story and how, how, how do you start? So we're going to start at the end and then we're going to go back to the very beginning. This is a picture of us at the very end of our trip. And I'll tell you, we are at this point exhausted. I mean, we are exhausted. I, I was talking to somebody, maybe because I'm getting just much older and, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just old. I'm just, I feel like I'm an old man a lot of times. I struggled with the three hours, and I felt tired just all the time, felt tired. And by the end of the week, I was really tired. And this was Monday. We flew out on Tuesday morning, and this was Monday. We spent the day 
uh, with Josh and Kirby, their kids, and Calvin, just kind of enjoying each other, uh, just kind of building that relationship, doing something fun. At the end of the day, we all went out for dinner. Old Jerusalem is where we ate. Have anybody been to Old Jerusalem? That's where we ate, Old Jerusalem. But it was good. But what was interesting about this, we separated here, this was the very last time we were all together, is how tired all of us were, but how pointed the conversation still continued to be. It was striking, really, in a lot of ways. That it, it, there was a lot of silliness at the table, for sure, but there was a moment that Josh kind of directed a question to us, and it probably was the most serious question that he had asked us all week, all week, and we were at the very end, and my brain was a little mushy, and he drops a really tough, difficult, serious question that he was ready to talk about. And I was like, oh, man, we did. And that, to me, exemplified in a lot of ways the way that the week went. It was really, really productive. And the relationship that we're able to to grow that we built last year makes a big difference. Calvin being here with us, I think, helped. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Josh and Kirby here sometime next year so that everybody will be able to visit and meet them. But this end of the week was just, it it was a great, great dinner. It was a great dinner and a great ending to that dinner. So I want to leave there. I want to go back and kind of break up a little bit in uh, kind of in pieces. So they, they don't have, as we do, a Wednesday night Bible study. They rent a space that they meet on Sundays, and they're, they only rent that space on Sundays, and that's it. But they have various meetups, a lot of them in person, that other members of the congregation, uh, they'll come to some of those, and they'll get other people to join in as well. And so they have two of those on Tuesdays, one early afternoon and one in the evening, both at the same place. They have another one on Wednesday in the afternoon downtown in the financial district, and they have another one on Thursday uh, about noon, and that one is on Zoom. And so we were able to, to, to be at all of those except for the one early on Tuesday. And I'll tell you, it was for John and I, literally, the boots hit the ground. We were on the move. We got picked up from, by Josh from the airport. We were a little delayed leaving Denver, and so we were a little crunched. We went straight from the airport straight to the meetup study at Lemonade Cafe straight. And what was interesting, this is what San Francisco is a little bit. It's just a part of their world. We park kind of on the street, and we have to walk a little bit to get to Lemonade, and we had all of our luggage with us. We went straight from the airport to this Lemonade Cafe, and Josh was like, you'll want to get all of your luggage out of the car and just bring it in with you. And we're like, oh, okay. And so we're lugging our suitcases out over the curb. And you haven't felt silly. You haven't felt silly until you roll a ginormous suitcase just into a lemonade place. And everybody's like, what is these jokers doing? But we rolled it kind of off into the corner, and we had our study. And, uh, and we, were, we went then to the Airbnb after that. Josh uh, nicely took us there. We didn't have to walk what, the mile or half a mile or whatever it was from there. So that really worked out nice. I, I want to make one picture. You can't see her in this picture because she was right to my right. Um, but uh, two people that was here that have been coming to this study on Tuesday nights, a guy by the name of Chris, a lady by the name of Tiana. What's really good about it, they've been coming for a few times, 
they came and was with us at the place that they ran on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'll talk more about that. They came uh, while, uh, during that time, the first time they'd ever been there, first time they'd ever been in the building. So it was neat to meet them and to spend some time, spend some time with them. And so that's the picture over here on my left. This picture up here on the top is, um, is the study we had uh, in a bank. A bank cafe is something that they've got going on out there. It was a Capital One bank. Capital One, Capital One Bank, uh, downstairs bank and a cafe, upstairs a bunch of seating. And so we had, they have their study on Wednesdays uh, there about lunchtime. And this is a picture here of the Zoom study that we have. That's a lot, uh, that's a big part of their work. It's twice on Tuesdays, Wednesday and Thursday that they're having these studies. And so a really important part of their work for the brethren that are able to come but also for them reaching out into the community as well. I, I threw this picture in. I wish I would have taken a better picture. We kind of forgot to take a picture um, of that. So th that was before the Tuesday we were there. Uh, Wednesday we were with Josh and Calvin for a big part of the day at that study downtown. And, uh, and this is a Thursday. This is a picture from our Airbnb at, at this table. Thursday, uh, Josh and Calvin, John and I sat at this table on purpose for hours and hours and hours and hours talking about preacher things. Just talking about our strengths and our weaknesses in a lot of ways and, and digging into that a little bit and how we can help each other in those areas. And it was a good conversation and important for us. We had lunch together as well, but a lot of time spent at this table, so I want to throw a, that was a big, big part of our Thursday. Um, again, this is out of order in a lot of ways. Just other studies, uh, Kim and Ashley came on Friday, um, and they had a, a ladies Bible study Sunday, Sunday afternoon, right, Sunday afternoon at a cafe. This is a picture of that over here on the left, a ladies Bible study that Ashley led, uh, a good, a good group. You had uh, last year, they did a ladies Bible study one, you, Kirby, Kim, and one other lady, right? This lady with the glasses on up here. That, that was it. That was last year. Last year, one other lady, Kim, Ashley, and Kirby. That was it. This is this year. And so really an important time that they were able to spend as well. This picture over here, this picture is uh, in their Bible class. We talked a lot about this uh, throughout the week. This is an obstacle for them. It is just one of the things that they have to deal with there that we don't have. An incredible blessing that we have here with all the Bible classes for all the different ages, with all the capable teachers, that it, it, it don't take it for granted. It is an incredible blessing what we have here. In San Francisco, these four uh, kids, Kirby's and Josh's two kids, one here in Ashley's lap, and their daughter, two teenagers on the other side of the table, they're in Bible class together every Sunday. So you have from three years old, three years old to 14, three to 14 is what you have. Kirby teaches that class every single Sunday for the whole time that they've been out in San Francisco. She's, she's, the, one, she's, the, only, she's the only choice. So Kim taught that class for them on Sunday. And so uh, certainly be praying about that. It, it is a challenge for sure. Uh, it was a challenge for Kim in her mind of saying, I've got to teach from 3 to 14 and, and to try to tie all of those things together. Um, 
And so that's uh, something that they had going on. Uh, one, one other thing that I want to make mention of, uh, one thing that they did that was planned, and it went really, really well, is a kind of, I, don't, I mean, I don't know any other better way to say it than a weekend meeting. I mean, that's really basically what it was. We met together on Friday night. On Saturday night, we met for two sessions for a couple of hours on Saturday. And then, of course, we were together on the Lord's Day. And uh, Josh spoke on Friday night. Calvin and I spoke on Saturday. John preached on Sunday, all from Ephesians chapter 4. They invited them. We had a bunch of people from a San Jose area come and to be with us, the brethren from over there. I made mention Chris came Friday, Saturday, both sessions, and Sunday. First time he had ever been in the building. Tiana came uh, Sunday, Saturday, her father, one of those two days, it's cloudy a little bit, but brought her father with her, um, and that was, you know, a tremendous thing, and really, really good attendance. I was really encouraged by it, and, uh, and it, it was just something really, really well done, and it, it was an encouraging moment for them. And it was good for those brethren. It was good for the visitors that we had, for the other members far away. Those people from San Jose came an, an hour. And a big group of them came Friday. A bigger group came Saturday. And it was such an encouraging thing for the brethren in San Francisco and certainly be uh, continuing to pray for that and for them and, those, and that work. Uh, one other thing I, I want to say as well. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me already, you know, is it different? What's different? What was different from when you were out there last year and when you were out there this year? And that's a weird question. I mean, there, there's, there's, you know, some specific things. Maybe there's some bigger picture things that, you know, felt, uh, you know, some different. But to me, one of the big differences, and this is the one thing they are beginning to lean into a little bit more, is when we were out there last year, we were together with them on Saturdays and Sundays, and maybe a couple of them had lunch on Sunday after we worshiped together, but then everybody else was gone at that point. Everybody else kind of went, uh, and the brethren just kind of went and did their own things at that point. It was different this year, and in multiple different ways. Uh, Saturday, uh, on Saturday, there was a plan that uh, Josh and Kirby over at their house, after our two sessions, they were going to have dinner for everybody. And, I mean, there was a huge crowd of people that went over there. It was great. It was great to be there with them and to see them interacting as a church family. We were in Ephesians chapter 4, and so we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of being united and together as a church family. A lot of that is new things for them to be thinking about. They're dealing with very, very brand new Christians who have been thinking about themselves in a lot of ways and their salvation. And now to begin in their growth to be thinking outside of themselves it is pretty, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And that was that way on Saturday. And again on Sunday uh, after our study. The ladies' uh, study wasn't until later in the afternoon, and, and we all spent time, you know, in between together. And it was just, it, it was really cool to be out there with them. And so, listen, uh, there are so many different things that we could talk about with the trip. So many different things that we could talk about. If you've got questions about it, absolutely, I'd be happy to answer any of those things. John would be happy to. Kim and Asha would love to talk to you about the trip if you've got you know, questions about it. I'll close with a couple of kind of generalities, and then John is going to lead us in prayer, and after that, we'll extend an invitation. 
listen, the work out there is challenging work. But it's not challenging in the way that you would think. You know, sometimes we, we, we think that, hey, you know, listen, it's challenging because of the culture and atmosphere out there. And there's a little bit of that. But I don't know as much as you think there is. They have challenges like, like we have challenges. And they're trying to spread the gospel to their friends and family, and we're trying to spread the gospel to our friends and family. We are fighting the same battle as our brethren in San Francisco. We are together in that. And when we really start to think about it that way, I think it's easier to pray for them and, and, to, and to be thinking about them and to correspond with them even when we really realize that we're, we're fighting alongside them. We are fighting alongside them. But they do have challenges in, in ways that we don't have. Predominant amount of their congregation are Christians made up of a year, two years or less. And their biblical background isn't strong, and so they're dealing with some of that. And then, of course, you have two young men, Josh and Calvin, who are standing in the front of that work. That's a weight. Every time we go out, every time we go out there, uh, John and I, you know, again, I told you we struggle with the time. It doesn't matter how late uh, we go to bed. Uh, John and I feel like we're, we're up and, I mean, focused and ready to go at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning because that's just where your mind is. And so we, we would be up in the mornings and we would have some time to chat a little bit. And John and I would talk, we talked about it last year and we talked about it this year. What an incredible blessing John and I have, all of us have, to certainly have the elders that we have and their wisdom, not just biblically wisdom, but life wisdom. And all of the life wisdom that we have and biblical wisdom and knowledge that we have that we can, we can pull from and lean into. I mean, John and I, we, we have it and we use it. And we, it is an incredible blessing that I thank God every day for that I'm able to be here working with a group like this with elders that we have. It is something to be incredibly thankful for. Those two guys, young guys, it's a weight they carry. And it is. That's exactly what it is. And so we need to be praying about that. We need to be thinking about that. And it's work that they're willing to do, and they are giving it them their all. And I think it's good work that's happening out there. I've been out there two years in a row, and I think good work is happening in San Francisco. Important work, maybe I'll add, is happening there in San Francisco. And I appreciate, I'll close with this. I'll speak for John I, I, and Kim and Ashley. I think I feel confident enough to do so, in this at least. Uh, we, we appreciate you guys for making it available for us to go out there. Um, you're a part of that in every way of us being able to go out there and spend the time and the resources that it takes to spend a week out there. It's not the cheapest place in our country to live. It just isn't. That's a part of it. You can... Uh, bemoan about it or complain about it but that's the reality of it it's not the cheapest place to be but it, it, we certainly appreciate everybody being willing to to be involved with us going out there and i want you to know it was it, there's good work and important work happening out in san francisco so before we leave all of that and before we extend the invitation it, it probably would behoove us to take a moment and John, since we've talked about it so much, let's, let's take a moment and pray together 
specifically for that work and for Josh and Calvin. When he's done, I'll come back up and extend the invitation. Pray with me, if you will. Our great and holy Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us this avenue of prayer, the opportunity that we have to approach your throne of grace and uh, to lay our cares and our concerns and our petitions at your feet. And we thank you for being such a compassionate and kind and gracious God as to hear our prayers and to intervene on our behalf. And we want to approach your throne this evening uh, asking you to watch over and to care for and to lead the work that's going on in San Francisco. We pray for Josh and for Calvin as they preach the gospel there. We pray for their faith, that it will continue to grow. We pray that as preachers of your word, they will continue to mature and continue to excel in that work. And we pray that they will set a good example for the others that they worship with and that they teach there in San Francisco. And we pray that you will give them stamina and boldness and wisdom as they continue to proclaim your word. We pray that you'll be with Kirby and Ezekiel and Amelia, their children. And we pray that you will strengthen and encourage them. They face challenging circumstances in a lot of different ways, and we pray that you will comfort them and that their faith will grow, that Josh and Kirby as parents will train up their children in godly ways, and that you will give them the courage uh, to be the kind of parents and the kind of leaders within their family that you need them to be. We pray for those that are being taught. We pray for the meetup studies that are taking place and for the people who attend those. We pray that there will be numerous opportunities presented and, and new people that will find those and join in the studies that are taking place. We pray for soft hearts, and, and we pray that the word will continue to advance and to spread in San Francisco. We pray that obstacles will be removed and that there will be many people who are seeking the truth and will come to know you and find you through these studies that are taking place and specifically we'll pray for Chris and Tiana to people who have just recently found these studies and have begun to explore the scriptures and their relationship with you and we pray that you will lead them uh, and that they will come to know you and choose to give their lives to you. And we pray that, that their faith will continue to grow and that Josh and Calvin and the others there can continue to help them as they study and as they continue to explore the truth. And finally, we want to pray for the church that meets there and the, the brothers and sisters that we have that assemble together in San Francisco. And we pray for their unity we pray for their growth. Uh, we pray that they will be a light in what is a dark world and that you will give them courage to stand boldly for the truth, that you will help them to 
remain tightly knit to one another and committed to serving you. We pray that you will continue to provide them with everything that they need uh, to be successful in that community so that in all things you can be glorified and that your name and your word can be lifted up in the city of San Francisco and that many will come to know you. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and we thank you for the good opportunity that we have to be a part of the work that's going on out there. And we pray your continued blessings. And it's in your son's name we offer this prayer. Amen. John made mention there towards the end of his prayer about the church out in San Francisco being our brothers and sisters. I often think as we see ourselves as brothers and sisters here and the brethren in San Francisco as being a part of God's family, how remarkable that really is, that God has made that available to us, that God has said, you can be a part of my family, and I will care for you as a son or a daughter. It's remarkable to me that he's made that available. That's what he's done. Through his son, he has made that available to us. And as we're about to sing this song of invitation that Stuart is going to lead us in, it puts in our mind where we are within that family, whether we're in that family or not, whether we have accepted God's invitation to have our sins cleaned away in the waters of baptism to be welcomed by him. It's an unbelievable thing. And maybe that's where you are tonight. Or maybe in in a foolish way, you've stepped away from his loving arms. What a great opportunity we have tonight to consider that and to step back. You know, it is the word that's used most often in the New Testament to talk about God's saints, Christians. That word is used just a few times, but brethren is used over and over and over again. It's a remarkable thought, an incredible thought, and one that we should be overwhelmingly thankful for. Why would we not take advantage of that? How foolish it would be. How foolish it would be when God says, I want you to be a part of my family a part of my inheritance even that we would say "Mm, no thanks let's think about that there's some way we can help you tonight let us know as we stand and sing